Good morning. Welcome to Lincoln Live on KFOR-FM, 103.3, 1240 AM. Joining me is Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner. Merry Christmas, Terry. Merry Christmas to you, Dale. Boy, we've been doing a lot of these, haven't we? Oh, gosh. <laughs> the the pre-Christmas, pre Merry Christmas greetings. You and I have been at this. It's 30-some-odd years for me, and it's close to that for you. Uh, 44 for me. Okay, you got me beat. <laughs> by, by quite a ways. Well, we're going to look back at 2020 with Sheriff Wagner, and uh, in order to do that, we have to remember COVID started the year. Do you remember when you first heard that word, when it first became something that we needed to pay attention to? You know, I remember hearing it, you know, when it first hit Seattle uh, and uh, didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It had to be that first uh that first week in March when things really got got ramped up uh, and a lot of, you know, we had daily meetings on COVID updates. Um, I think uh, I started working from home and a bunch of our folks started working from home, those that could. Uh, the day after St. Patty's Day, so March 18th, we started working from home and I was home for about six weeks uh, working uh, from that location until... Uh, until about uh, May 1st. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting time. I, I would come in, I would come into the office to take care of some matters, you know, uh, on a occasional basis. And it was just kind of ghostly in here with nobody occupying offices and those that could work from home. Of course, our patrol folks, um, you know, we tried to modify our patrol duties uh citizens were asked screening questions before the deputies made contact with them by the dispatchers um yeah it's just been a a real interesting year as far as uh making sure we had ppes for everybody and uh you know the initial scramble to get that done obtaining a you know an infrared camera at our front door to to uh, take the uh temperature of people coming into our building, um, the courts being uh, operating remotely. And so, yeah, it's just been a real strange year. We still have people working from home here just a few days before Christmas that started back you know in what? March. Since the uh, Thanksgiving um, kind of surge, if you would, we've had a couple of different folks who uh, are able to work remotely. Um, they get in here about once a week or so to take care of stuff that they absolutely have to but um you know it's you email somebody or you call them and and uh, they're very responsive and i i know just from my own personal experience i was surprised how much work i got done from home um i really did i i i was very productive and i was busy um and i think uh you know you're seeing that with a lot of uh, different industries that people who work from home are are busy my memory is driving to work at 3.30 in the morning at a point when only essential workers were allowed out. Yeah. And I usually see a half a dozen or so cars, a dozen cars as I'm driving. None. I saw none on O Street, North 48th Street, Cornhusker Highway. Didn't see a single vehicle out on that particular morning. That was yeah. very, very strange. In past conversations through the course of 2020, Terry, we've talked about handgun purchases. Uh, what's been the impact through the course of the entire year? 
We've had a couple of, you know, I've said it before that the handgun purchase permit applications are a, a really interesting political barometer. Um, and, you know, if you if you look at our five-year summary of handgun applications, 2016 was a presidential election year, uh, especially in the October, November timeframe of that year, handgun purchase permit applications really went up. But this year, um, interestingly enough, even though it was election year, at the beginning of the year, it wasn't uh, uh, a lot, uh, except when COVID hit. And in March, we saw a doubling of the handgun purchase permits from April, or um, from February. And then in June, um, after the uh, protests and riots, uh, we saw a tripling uh, effect of handgun purchase permits. So we, we are still, uh, I don't have figures for December yet, but uh, through November, uh, we're almost double the handgun purchase permits that we did in 2019. And so uh, I have a feeling that uh, December with uh, uh, the Democrats taking the White House, uh, already there's talk about some uh, firearms restrictions uh, being bantered around. You'll see firearms purchase permits go up again. And so we're looking for a real banner year. We'll do over 6,000 handgun purchase permits this year. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner joining me. There were changes, personnel changes in 2020. You know, and you got to wonder if some of this wasn't due to COVID uh, in, uh, you know, early uh, uh, in, in late May, early June, uh, one of our captains resigned to take a position in the private sector. Um, and then uh, in September, uh, we had the death of one of our deputies, uh, Troy Bailey. Um, and about that same time, um, Chief Deputy Todd Duncan also took a position in the private sector. So we uh, uh, we had some vacancies to fill there. Uh, Captain Ben Houchin was promoted to Chief Deputy October 1st. So that left us with two captain's positions to fill, Josh Clark's and Ben's. Um, we have filled those with uh, now Captain Tommy Trotter and, uh, and uh, Mike Pichon is promoted to captain in charge of our criminal division. So uh, we'll promote a couple of sergeants here in the next couple of weeks to fill the sergeant's vacancies that those created. Um, but, uh, you know, we've we've had some uh, other resignations, too. So personnel-wise, we have some vacancies that we're trying to fill. We are taking applications for deputy sheriffs right now up through January 10th. So if anybody's out there that's... Uh, Considering a career in law enforcement, we'd love to hear from you. Go to our website. It'll walk you through the process. Happy to say that in 2020, progress was made in the new memorial honoring fallen law enforcement officers at campaign beginning in 2019. Yeah, and you're going to see uh, construction probably start on that uh, um, toward the latter part of spring. I think a contract has just been let for the bronze statutes. So as you remember, Dale, you're on that committee. Um, it's going to be uh, a couple of uh, officers, uh, a sheriff's deputy and a Lincoln police officer in bronze kneeling before a granite slate that uh, has the names of those deputies and those officers who have died in the line of duty. So uh, it's going to be a very fitting memorial to those, uh, to those officers and deputies who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And 
a lot of great public support and uh, a lot of good uh, financial support from a lot of folks. Body cameras in 20 and in 2021. In July of uh, this past year, LSO was working on getting 70 new body cameras for deputies. What's the update here as the, the year just has a few days left? You know, we had been planning on body cameras for about three years and putting money away in a capital improvement budget to fund those. And the cameras themselves aren't that expensive. That's not the huge expense. It's it's the storage, the servers. Um, so we're, you know, we're going in with uh, LPD and partnering on purchasing the servers to store all that data. Uh, we, uh, we budgeted and it was approved to hire a technician to manage all of those cameras and manage the storage of all that data. So that process was going on to try to hire somebody. We've let a contract for uh, the 70 body cameras and they are going to be uh, uh, tied to the in-car camera systems as well. So when one goes on, the other goes on um, and it's uh, uh, gonna make things a little bit more efficient. So we're hopefully in the first quarter of 2021, we'll have our body cameras up and running. We're working on a policy now, and as you know, there's some serious considerations need to be given toward our, you know, should the cameras be on all the time when an officer is working? What about if he comes to your house to take a report of a stolen tractor battery? Do you want that? Do you want to be recorded uh, in that encounter? And so there's some considerations to be given on where and when and Wise and why force. Lincoln turned ugly in late May. The term use of force became a phrase that we all heard a lot about in 2020 with the May 25th death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Can you recall the shift that took place in the protest momentum that grew out of Floyd's death and how it manifested itself here in Lincoln? Something I have never seen in my career in the city. You know, um, we were all aware of what had happened in Minneapolis and the riots that occurred immediately after George Floyd's passing, his death. And uh, we really did not anticipate that level of destruction and violence coming to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we had had some protests, uh, you know, back uh, after uh, Ferguson. Um, they were peaceful protests um, and everything went uh, very well at that time, um, I, I don't know really what it, what has changed uh, this year versus immediately after Ferguson, but uh, um, it just seemed like the protests were an excuse for some folks just to uh, be destructive, commit violence. Um, yeah, we had not seen it and, it, and it really caught us off guard, to be honest with you. Terry, how's the culture these days, the culture of law enforcement, and how is it different compared to before all this took place in May? Well, you know, I, I think we're much more aware of, uh, of our use of force reports. Uh, we're making sure that they follow our policy. Our policy has been examined. I know there's some state statutes that have been proposed or some legislation that's been proposed to modify uh, and and sort of dictate policy to law enforcement agencies about their use of force. I think that's a huge mistake, but, um, you know, I think uh, the one thing that kind of drove me 
nuts was the use of the phrase chokeholds. Uh, I don't think anybody in law enforcement has ever used a chokehold where a person's choked. Um, there are some, oh, so there's lateral vascular neck restraint, which is a, a, a different tactic altogether than a chokehold. And it uh, it's very effective for officers who are smaller and not as strong as their adversary, but uh, those have come under fire and have been moved up on the force continuum uh, to where they're uh, uh, equal to a deadly force encounter. And what would a year be without some pretty sizable drug busts and weapons seizures? 2020 had some. I, You know better about them than I do. I just picked out a couple. Seven guns and ammunition found on September 19th and $2 million worth of drugs picked up in September on the 10th. You know, this year so far, uh, we have seen a, a lot of traffic, uh, a lot of activity from our interdiction unit. Uh, 51 people have been arrested this year to date on 61 different felony charges and 26 misdemeanor charges. Um, so uh, that's been huge. Almost 1,000 pounds of uh, high-grade marijuana, 125,000 grams of marijuana THC-infused products. So a lot of uh, liquids, oils, um, shatter, um, all, all kinds of different marijuana products have been seized uh, by that unit. And then I think year to date, they've seized $2.7 million in, in uh, criminal proceeds in cash. Terry, here's a subject that I didn't give you any heads up about, but I wondered if it might impact LSO. In 2021, there will be uh, casino gaming of some sort out at Lincoln Racecourse. That's within the city, correct? Within the city limits? It, it is. Lincoln Racecourse is in, within the city limits, and I believe the new casino that's going to be built is, is going to be on that same property there uh, at uh, Southwest or at Highway 77 or South First and West End Road. So no impact for LSO? You know, it's going to be on the fringes of the city, so I would suspect that we'll, you know, we'll see some increased traffic in that area. Um, I don't know that uh, a casino in and of itself is going to have a huge impact on our operations, but it certainly might. And uh, it's something that we're going to uh, monitor and work with those folks who, who developed that casino to, uh, to, to work with them, because they generally have great security. Mm-hmm. That's coming up in 2021 and then uh, to a larger extent in 2022. Well, Terry, you have a, a wonderful Christmas, and I hope you have a, a good holiday into 2021. You too, Dale. Thank you. Merry Christmas, and, and let's, uh, let's start anew in 2021. <laughs> let's do that. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner with me on Lincoln Live. <laughs>